Simple as that. Out of celebrating in the East Stands, taking a knee is Tanner Lee, and that will do it for this one. Nebraska is going to win it 28-6. Mike Riley, who has all those years of experience, 26 years of uh, head coach experience and an assistant and a head coach in the NFL and a lot of other places, leading his Huskers into Champaign and uh, pretty much taking it to the Illini here tonight. 28-6 is the final. And welcome in, everybody. Scott Beatty here and Tim Dittman getting ready for the Fasters Etc. post-game show in just a moment. Illinois just did not show up at all tonight against Nebraska, and we want to hear from you. But first, our rapid reaction, which is brought to you by Kozad Asset Management. Tim Dittman, I thought the Illini would at least be a bit competitive. They were not competitive at all tonight. No, they were not, and really everything that needed to happen for the Illini to be competitive in this one went the exact opposite way. We thought Nebraska was going to run in, was going to come in and run the ball a lot, and they did. You know, Divino Zigbo ended up with 109 yards, but it was really the pass game that was their bread and butter tonight. Tanner Lee had all the time he wanted in the pocket. He finished a 17 for 24. 246 and three touchdowns. A couple of guys, uh, Stanley and or Morgan Stanley, Stanley Morgan, excuse me, and Demonte Pearson now finished close to 100 yards. And then on the flip side of things, we knew coming in that the secondary for Nebraska was their weak spot. So you got to think Illinois was going to go to the air. Chase Crouch had another poor game tonight through the air. I'd be interested to see what the fans think. Is that on Garrick McGee calling the plays? Is that on Chase Crouch? Is there a lack of trust in Chase Crouch? That's certainly open for debate tonight. And then, you know, Malik Turner just with 25 yards, Mikey Dudek with 37 yards. Those were the two guys I thought that were going to be the most important guys for the Illini tonight because those two needed to have huge games and find pay dirt if Illinois was going to have a chance and they just didn't have a good game. But I think part of that, if not most of it, is on the quarterback, Chase Crouch. No touchdowns for the Illini tonight. A lot of questions about whether Jeff George Jr. should have been put in the ball game. What are your thoughts? The Fasteners Etc. postgame show is next. You can call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 356-9397. It's a 217 area code. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. A rapid reaction from Cozad Asset Management and the Fasteners Etc. postgame show in just a moment. The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of Newstalk 1400, and Light Rock 97.5, News Gazette Media Station. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty and Tim Dittman. 
Third down and four, Nebraska at the Illinois 45. Shotgun snap back, Tanner Lee under pressure, dumps it, on over the middle. Pearsonell with a catch, 25-20, left sideline, 10, dies for the pylon, and he is in for the touchdown for Nebraska. 45 And Nebraska never looked back after that 45-yard touchdown pass. They went up 7-0 in the first quarter, and they go on to win this ball game, 28-6. Illinois falls to 2-2. Nebraska is now 3-2. Welcome in, everybody, the Fasters Etc. postgame show. Good to be with you, even if we're not talking about an Illinois win tonight on this Friday night. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Tim Dittman. And you are you, and we're glad you are with us. Phone lines open, and we uh, go to our first caller of the evening. It is Dave in Tolono. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Um, well, I I, uh, I continue to be greatly concerned with Garrett McGee's play calling. I mean, I, I can't believe that's the best offensive game plan he can come up with with two weeks to prepare. Uh, and, and Nebraska having a short week, by the way. But uh, uh, he threw, I counted it up, twice to his number one playmaker, uh, Dudek. Mm-hmm. One was a pass interference, and one Dudek made a heck of a catch off of the guy from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He only threw to him twice. That's shocking. Uh, and, I've, and, and I think Chase Crouch, I could be wrong, is the quarterback, not the running back. I, I could have missed that somewhere. <laughs> He's not even the number one or number two or number three option on offense. I mean, I mean you've got to think Epstein... Dudek and Turner are your top three guys. And yet, they throw to Carmoni Green, Dominic Thiemann, Ricky Smalling once. Uh, there's no continuity. Who's the bell cow for Illinois? I know who it should be, but uh, I, I, apparently tonight's game plan was Chase Crouch is our number one player. He's our best athlete on the field. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe that the fastest guy on the team with two ACL tears uh, is your best player on your team, and you go to him twice. I mean... I saw Nebraska run a bootleg to make up for the inefficiencies for Tanner Lee. Uh, do we have any swing passes, any screen passes, any bootlegs, any, any naked bootlegs? Any, do we have any identity whatsoever? I mean, Garrett McGee, is, he is way out of his – maybe he thinks he's back at Louisville with Lamar Jackson. I don't know. But uh, apparently he needs to look and realize he's with Chase Crouch. So um, uh, the defense, they did the best they could. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, Nickerson, he, he at least knows what he's doing. But Garrick McGee, my goodness, uh, that is atrocious. I mean, a- am I just looking through this totally wrong, or does anybody else see this massacre well, that's happening? I would love to know what other people think on this. My one question and Tim, you alluded to this too. My one question is, how much of this is on Chase Crouch and the option read that he has, and and the decision making that he is making out there versus what he he is what is being drawn up for him, and and maybe somebody smarter than me about football can tell us that. I don't know, um, but I I share your frustration. Your number, your best player on the field is number eighteen. And uh, well, he they went to him three times, not two. But it, your point stands, David. They should be going to him more. They should get the ball in his hands. Malik Turner should have the ball in his hands more. Mike Epstein should be doing more. And it was it was too much, uh, too little of too much of too little, if that makes sense. Before I let you go, David, and I do appreciate the call. Uh, was there a moment in this game where you went, this, this is over? Was because we're going to do our defining moments coming up in, in a little while, and wondered if there was something that stuck out to you that you went that this is it, this game's done. Well. I... <laughs> 
I mean, just just early on. I mean, I, I, you correct me if I'm wrong. Who who had the most rushing attempts in the game? I bet you Chase Crouch Chase had Crouch. the most rushing attempts. He had 18. Mike Epstein had 10. Do I need to say any more? <laughs> I mean, do you need to say any? Your leading rusher in terms of attempts is the quarterback. I mean, oh bless his heart. You know, a coach's job. If anybody ain't figured this out, and, and, and I'm going to keep this real simple because I know they make $21 million, so, so Levy knows what he's doing. But how in the world a coach's job is to put your best players in a position to succeed? I mean, they are setting, they're making Chase look worse than he is, and he's not that great. But they're making an average quarterback look below average because you're setting him up to fail. There's no reason why he is rushing the ball 18 times a game. I don't care if he rushes for 100 yards. He shouldn't even get 18 attempts. You know who should get 18 attempts? And then I'll be quiet, guys. Dudek should get the ball thrown to him 18 times. <laughs> I'll, I'll live with that. 18 Epstein for 18. Get the ball 18 times. 18 for 18. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyway, like I say, I'm just a good old boy from Illinois. I don't know anything. They make the big bucks. But if Garrick McGee doesn't go, uh, Lovey's going to have a short tenure. Because I'm telling you, he needs to cut bait with him real quick because we're up a creek without a paddle. I do respect the boys. I love them. I, I root for them. That's why I care so doggone much. And I wish that Garrick McGee had the sense of urgency that I got in my belly. But you guys have a wonderful evening, and God bless Illinois. Thank you. All right. Thanks, David. Appreciate the passion. Dave's on fire tonight. PNC Bank phone lines 356-9397. Plenty lighting up on our Castle Heating and Cooling text line as well, 351-5357. An 801 texter says, you build an O-line and find a QB, you immediately make that a competitive game. Uh, Obviously, David, they're uh, uh, upset at Garrick McGee, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure that, the line aren't better off here with a better O line. I mean, it, there's no consistency on this O line. Mm-hmm. You, you're obviously we all know they're playing a lot of young guys. I mean, Jordan Fagan now started this week. You have a different offensive line every ball game. I have no idea how you can build a consistent offense schematically if you've got a bunch of new guys in there every time. Now, I, there wasn't a ton of penalties. There wasn't a lot of pre-snap penalties. They, the Atlanta really cut that down this week, but. The offensive line just was ineffective. Well, and that may play into it, too. Uh, you know, the fact that Illinois knows that its offensive line, the coaching staff knows that the offensive line is maybe going to be a weak link. So they know Chase Crouch is not going to have a lot of time to drop back and pass. And we certainly saw that tonight. Maybe that then lends itself to some, all right, we just got to make the best we can out of what we got. If it's third and medium, let's run it between the tackles and just see what we can do. To the average fan, that might come across as, you know, my gosh, what are they doing? Take it outside the tackles and, and see what can happen. But Illinois uh, may just be, like I said, making the best of what they have. I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Scott. I'm I'm still on the fence a little bit. I know there are a lot of fans who are calling for Garrick McGee's head. Um, I, I'm still on the fence. I, you know, I think he shares part of the blame, and I think Chase Crouch uh, shares part of the blame as well. And then, of course, that leads into the question of should Jeff George Jr. be your starting quarterback and maybe as the show goes on other folks will have opinions about that. Three five six nine three nine seven on the PNC Bank phone line and we go to AJ in Champaign. Hey AJ. Hey guys I just want to talk about two people I talked to on the sidelines today. Uh, first one is the future Illinois Hall of Famer Jay Lehman. He was talking about how Chase, Cr- Chase Crouch used to find that sense of urgency in the internal clock. Uh, he was just holding on to the ball for too long on like first down the O-line actually held up for four seconds. He held on to the ball and 
got sacked, and then, of course, got blown up the next two plays. And the other person I talked to on the sidelines was Chase McCourt, or I'm sorry, Chase McLaughlin, and uh, he made an excellent point that the MVP of the game should probably be Blake Hayes for dropping oh, yeah. two punts right inside the 20 and dropping another one on the 22 when he said he's going for the 20. But, yeah, I, our special teams looks good, mm-hmm. so that's a bright spot there, but I, that's about it. <laughs> Good thoughts, and, uh, well, Jay Lehman does know a thing or two about football. Appreciate the call, AJ. Uh, Blake Hayes tonight, an average punting of 37 yards, and that could be a little bit misleading because he was often pinning Nebraska yeah. deep in their own He was territory. punting from about midfield most of the time. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, the caller's right on. AJ's right on. Blake Hayes has been a bright spot, an unexpected, I think, bright spot for this team. He's picked up the American style of football like that, and he he knows where to kind of pin it in that coffin corner, as the expression goes. Pin him deep, but also pin him right up against the sideline to where they, they don't have a chance to make a good return. And Pearson L. was uh, one of, or I should say is, one of the best return guys in the Big Ten, and he just had 20 yards in return yardage tonight on, on one return. So I give all the credit in the world to Blake Hayes. That guy is fast, too. It's News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 90. 7.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. It is almost tomorrow out on the East Coast in Maryland where we find Eric on the phone lines. Hi, Eric. How you guys doing? doing Good. Doing well. Uh, where are you in Maryland? Uh, I live outside of Frederick, Maryland. Is that near D.C. or is that? Yeah, it's the D.C. Baltimore area. Okay. Well, appreciate Trying to get some recruits for us. Trying to get some good football recruits. We need them. Well, I tell you, I got down in the basement of my buddy's place in the big screen TV and these guys are just Marylanders and they can't believe how bad a product Illinois football is. So I was, uh, I was very. I don't know the depth like Dave uh, from Tolono knows the names, but if you're just a regular college football fan watching that game, that is bad football. Bad, bad football. I can't say how bad that they looked. I mean, there was not one good thing to point to. You know, Nebraska is on a down program. We got a Friday night light game at home under the lights. And that's all they can get is two field goals. Yep. I said it two years ago. They missed out on P.J. Fleck. They missed out maybe getting Bob Pacino here. Lovey Smith is a 60-year-old coach. He, he's, I'm telling you, mark my words, everyone call and say I'm wrong. He's taking the money, and he's going to get out of town, and we're going to be left with the same product we had four, five, six, seven years ago. They missed the boat on a, on a young coach, and that's, that's just bad, bad, poor decisions by Josh Whitman. That's all I got to say. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Eric. You know, I, I don't buy that yet. Um, I think, you know, the jury is still out. This is year one for Lovey Smith. Right. Year and, one with his guys, which is essentially year one overall. Yeah. I guess zoom out here for a moment, and we have to remind ourselves, okay, this is year one. It's a very young football team. Ten freshmen have came into this ballgame. There had been ten true freshmen who had started. Nebraska had a note in their game notes this week. They have started five true freshmen in program history. Their game notes list the five that have started in program history going back to, I think it was like 1972 or something, when the first true freshmen started for Nebraska. There was a point before that where you just freshmen didn't play. Right. So that's how far behind Illinois is right now. So I can give Lovey a pass on that. What I can't give a pass to tonight is just poor play, poor execution, being not being non-competitive and not showing up tonight. That's what's frustrating to me. Did I expect Illinois to win this ball game? No. Did I expect Illinois to be competitive? Yes. I thought maybe even there's a chance they sne- steal a win tonight because you had 
all the intangibles going for you. You had national TV on a Friday night. You're the only game in town right now, or the only show on TV. You have two weeks of rest. You have your Hall of Fame weekend and the, the, well, one of the two guys that, I was about to say the greatest football player in Illinois history, that's probably the second or third. Sure. (laughs) We could debate that if you want, but the point is, is you have a living legend on hand tonight whose number is hanging on your press box, and you come out flat, and you don't execute. I'm not knocking on, you know, there's just something that has to be different in how you come out tonight. Even if you lose the ball game, it has to be better. And that's what's frustrating. Um, and I don't know, ultimately, do you pin that on coaches? Do you pin that on players? Do you just say Nebraska beat you tonight because they've got a lot going for them? I think it's a little column A, a little column B. Certainly, Illinois, I agree with you, has to do some major regrouping, and it doesn't get any easier going to Kinnick next week. By the way, Illinois, coming off of bye week, has lost 15 of their last 17. That stat just blows my mind. Say that again? 15 of their last 17. This is obviously dating back several seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you can't have, usually don't have more than one. Right. But they have lost 15 of 17. Now you just wonder if there's a curse. Uh, the curse know. of the, the bye week, or as Bob Osmondson would say, the off week. All right, we have some callers waiting. We have some texts to get to. We've got defining moments to get to, uh, highlights or lowlights, scoreboards, all of that coming your way in just a moment. We're rolling on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. So a 25-yard attempt by Chase McLaughlin for the year. Three out of four with a long of 40. And to put Illinois on the board. And the kick is up, and the kick is good. Well, we got and a, the Illini make it 7-3. to three. Got a flag. There is a flag down. Flag didn't affect the kick. Illinois only got two field goals on the board tonight, and they lose to Nebraska 28-6. to Might have been a clue when you're playing a field goal for your highlights. <laughs> the first wasn't highlights a good you night. Play, you know, it probably wasn't a, a, a good night at all. We go back to the phones, 356-9397 on the PNC Bank phone line. And Peter is with us from Urbana. Hey, Peter. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. This, uh, first time I've called in uh, this season because I just got off. You know, uh, watching and waiting and seeing how things go. Very, very disappointed about what you're happened picking tonight. your spots. Yeah, I just uh, I called in because I was just uh, the level of disappointment is very high in this game tonight. But but you, you do see the even with a maybe a mediocre Nebraska team, we'll see how it turns out for them. But the talent gap you can just tell is is still enormous between that team and us. The, the speed that they had compared to the speed that we have on our team. Um, it, you know, just the, the inability in the first half to get any pass rush against their offensive line. I mean, uh, their quarterback uh, could have uh, written a dissertation uh, while he was uh, picking out who to throw the ball to. That, that's how bad it was. I mean, we made some adjustments in the second half and looked look better that way with regard to uh, the, that situation. But, but, you know, if we don't get a pass rush, you know, it's going to be you know, impossible to beat anybody uh, of, any, of any quality. And I, I really look at the fact we just don't have we don't have quarterback play that 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 belongs in the Big Ten. I mean, uh, 
Chase Crouch, God love him. I mean, he uh, he's a gut oh. on the line, but he's just he's not a passer in any way, shape, or form. I, I look at him kind of like his uh, Nathan Shieldhouse Jr., uh, who doesn't. Uh, uh, run nearly as quickly as, as he does, and ultimately is no nowhere near the passer that Nathan Shieldhouse turned out to be. And, and you just can't you can't win. You, you just can't win with that. And I, again, I, Jeff George Jr. I, you know he just he doesn't fit uh, McGee's uh, uh, I guess desire to have a dual threat quarterback in there. And plus, I think he might have been killed today if he just sat and, and passed the ball. I don't know if Jeff George. I don't know if I would call Jeff George dual threat. Well, th- no, but he's not. But Jeff George Sr. is not, and that's that doesn't. That's why I think Chase Crouch is in there, because I think that that's the, what they want to run, and that's what they've recruited, and that's what's coming in, in terms of the dual threat ability. And and I think that, that you, you know you, you look at the offense this year, and you just you, you just know it is what it is. You know you're not going to get a yeah. game where you're going to score 35 points this year, and that's that's really it's really hard to win, and especially when the defense uh, is uh, either not motivated. to uh, to, to play as, as hard as they need to play, or they get ripped apart because our linebacker play was god awful today. Um, the linebackers didn't cover anyone out of the backfield. Uh, I think, and that's a talent. That's I think that's a talent situation as well. Yeah. And so that's why, again, I, I think you just have to look at the third year uh, of Lovey being at the helm next year, and then make any determination at that point in terms of of, of really. Where this program is going and how competitive they're going to be, I think you need. I think you really need uh, a heck of a lot better quarterback play, and you have to see how these young kids grow in terms of playing next year. And uh, that's why, um, as disappointed as I am in this game, because you want to be competitive. At the, at the same time, um, I said, move on and let's hope next game that they, uh, they 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 you know they show up better than they did tonight. But, but you can't expect the offense. To, to magically be better because I don't think they can. Peter, thanks for thanks for sharing your thoughts. Good to hear from you. Yeah, take, take care. Nice, uh, nice talking to you. All right. Li- likewise, Brian Barnhart is the voice of the Fighting Illini, and is yes. Mosey How are you? Here. I'm all. We're all right. I mean, we'd <laughs> like to be talking about an Illinois win, but yeah, otherwise, yeah. Before we go further, happy birthday to your lovely wife. Yes. Yes, her birthday today. I don't want to call her out, uh, so I'll just say it was a milestone birthday. Yes, so it an was. Extra special birthday. That's right. And yep. you, did you did you do anything special? Uh, I actually had a cake. Uh, I delivered it today. Had it stored in the area down where the president and chancellor's box is, which is on the same floor as our radio booth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had a built-in party there because there's all kinds of people in the room that she knows. Yeah. And so they brought it out at halftime. Sly guy. So I ran down and saw her get the cake, cut a few pieces, brought a few back to the booth, and went back to work. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Leanne. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, birthday cake was about the only good thing <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was not a memorable game, to say the least. That's one of those. We were talking about the Iowa game last year. It right. It was 28-0. I don't remember anything about that game. So this will be one of those, I think, like Martin said, that you won't remember much about, other than the fact that it was just, you know, the, the offense showed flashes at times. I mean, you had the what a 15-play drive, and you're first and goal on the three, I think, and you wind up with three points. There was another drive that was really long, and they wound up with a 25-yard field goal. They had the, uh, to me, you talk about the defining moment of the game, and, and we don't know how it would have carried out from there. But when Nebraska, we strip the ball mm-hmm. and get the fumble, and you're at the 30-whatever-yard line of Nebraska, and you just scored a field goal, and now you got the ball back, 
Make them pay for that. Don't go backwards and get sacked and wind up getting sacked. Go backwards on three straight plays. I think Tim told me, I think it was a minus 12 on the sack. Right. And then you have to punt, and that's it. And you went backwards. And so that, to me, was where you had a chance to make it a game. You didn't make it a game. Yeah. And the one thing is, call me crazy here, despite the fact that Illinois was getting run all over the place and – basically uh, Tanner Lee had all day to throw. I still felt like watching the defense, you saw some things here and there, and you mm-hmm. go, okay, I could see why this defense is probably going to be pretty good in a year or two mm-hmm. with these young guys. You could just see there's certain things they're doing, the way they're kind of uh, gang tackling and all running after the ball. There was no pass rush tonight. There was no pass rush, and that that a little bit that surprised me a little bit, but there were still some little streaks here and there where you went, I think there's – going to be some good defense here down the road that yeah i agree with you and that was i think at one point Kerry davis pointed out that hey the defense is really rallying to the ball at one point and they may get a turnover at some point and then i think maybe shortly after that there was a the ball was stripped in a fumble but you're right you see the potential there and you know and one of the keys to the game we talked about with martin and others was could illinois put pressure on tanner lee and there was only a handful of times where they even touched him uh, much less put any pressure on him. He had all day to throw, and those receivers were open in the middle of the field mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly. They did those slants. Morgan, yeah, just a quick slants and right. boom, between the numbers and the hash marks, and that's where Tanner Lee threw all day. Usually you saw in the picks that he threw, the highlights, he was throwing from his back foot, he was under pressure. Northern Illinois hit him repeatedly early, got him a little rattled. He never looked rattled tonight. And, and Tim is right, they, they ran the ball effectively. But it wasn't like they were piling up 300 or 400 yards of running, running, rushing offense. It was 165, uh, which is not a good number for defense. But it was the throwing, the, act, the, the time that Tanner Lee had to throw. And then Illinois' offense just had fits and spurts but never really put anything together. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason. And offensive line was part of it, I think. But there's, there's usually more to it than just one aspect. It's usually a combination. A lot to figure out before Iowa. That's yeah, great. and you're going to face the same kind of team, you know, runs the ball, two tight ends, you know, run it down your throat. You know what they're going to do on defense. This is one of the last times, I think this is the last time Illinois was, was at Iowa. This is really boring. Yeah, that, <laughs> you, yeah. you said that. <laughs> well, it's true because yeah. they just run, well, run, run, they, you know. Yeah, Iowa has established because Ferentz is the dean of Big Ten coaches, you know what you're going to get. There's no surprise yeah. with Iowa. So. You know they don't. They usually don't beat themselves. They don't blow you out fifty-six to nothing. They don't. But they're around. They don't do a razzle dazzle, a lot of trickery. It's it's run the football, play good defense, don't make mistakes. Yep. Then the only right. reason they lost the last game is because Penn State had the ball in the last right. the last, last play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason. So. All right, Brian. Well, okay. good call as always, and happy birthday to Leanne. Mm-hmm. And enjoy Thank you. The, you get another Saturday off. I think this I is the final one yeah, for a this while. This will be it. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks for staying right. up late with us. Yes. Appreciate it. Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show. Scott and Tim with you, and uh, we are rolling. If you want to call us, you can. And the PNC Bank phone line is 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. <laughs> First look at our body and soul scoreboard tonight on Routes 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. It's body and soul sports. Say hi to Mike Lindemann for us. Tim, what's going on? Slim Pickens on the college football scene tonight. A couple of top 25 games. One in progress. Just a few seconds to go before the half. 
Number five, USC leads number 16, Washington State, 17-10. to Number 14, Miami remains unbeaten at 3-0. They defeat Duke tonight, 31-6. to And Utah State, no problem with BYU, 42-24. Fighting Illini Volleyball falls today to Penn State in straight sets. Although the Illini were competitive, 25-19, 25-17, 26-24. The Illini now 11-3 on the season, 2-1 in the Big Ten. They've got Rutgers on Sunday. Major League Baseball tonight. Cubs beat the Reds 5-4. Brian Dunsing gets the win. Indians over the White Sox 10-1. And the Brewers beat the Cardinals 5-3. But we already know who won the NL Central, right? So that's all a moot point. It's in the bag. We'll have a bunch of high school scores on our next update. All right. Thanks so much, Tim. Before we head to the break. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our special teams moment of the game. Wow. Well, we kind of touched on this earlier, and unfortunately it didn't turn the game in the favor of the Illini at all. But you have to credit, first of all, Chase McLaughlin. was He had chip shots, but he hit his field goals. Really should have been opportunities for touchdowns there, but he, he did that. But... We also hit on this earlier. Blake Hayes, he's turning into a really good punter. Pinned Nebraska deep after most of his punts, and he certainly had plenty of opportunities tonight. Um, I really hate it when I when the punter is probably one of the shining aspects of the game for for uh, for tonight. But uh, hats off to to Blake Hayes tonight and special teams there. Well, well, you're you're right. I mean, we shouldn't be. And this is no disrespect to Chase McLaughlin. We, you know, he shouldn't be our highlight of the night. But at the same time, he did his job tonight. He's six for six in his career from zero to thirty yards field goals. So he he made the kicks when he was called upon, and he also, I think, booted maybe all but one kick off into the end zone. He had he had with the wind aided for at least one half. He was blowing out of the north northeast, but. Um, yeah, Chase McLaughlin did his job tonight. The rest of the offense, unfortunately, didn't. And Blake Hayes, I mean, we could talk about him every week. I think he's going to be a great talent. You had to mention that win, though, so nobody can accuse you of being a punter homer. <laughs> <laughs> Never. All right, Alan, Steve, I, we see you waiting. We're coming to you next and some more texts as well. Yeah, they did an outstanding job, but we have to play better. Simple as that. You know, the thing was for us to play a lot harder than we played last time, and be more physical just kind of disappointed in our effort the effort results in a 28-6 loss it's the fasteners etc post game show illinois now two and two oh and one in big 10 play nebraska two and oh in the big 10 three and two overall i'm scott Beatty. he's tim Dittman. most of all you are you thanks for being along phone lines are full right now so we're gonna hop to it but one thing to note here tonight on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, it's interesting. Bennett Williams obviously was ejected for that targeting call, which I think we could do an entire postgame show on the targeting rule. He tweeted about 15 minutes ago saying, The targeting call was constructed to help the game. I say it's ruining the game. You know what? I'm inclined to agree with him. I don't understand how you can avoid targeting anymore. And I understand why the rule is there. I'm all for player safety. Let's lessen the penalty unless you can determine intent and then the player needs to yeah, get Yeah, if it was I mean, malicious. Like, right. what, what happened to the Bears-Packers game the other night? That's a totally different thing. Every one of these targeting penalties, it seems like it was just, it's like capricious. The Illini, there's no way the Illini can avoid it. 
I, if you have thoughts, if you like the, how this is going with targeting, I would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. All right, first up, Alan Fisher. Hello, Al. Go for it. Yeah, guys, I don't know where to start. I've been going to football games for about 45, 47 years, and I'm almost embarrassed to be an Illinois fan anymore. Um, I'm kind of like the, one of the first callers tonight about Derek McGee. I've been, I've been critical of him since he's been here. I just think he's in over his head. Uh, he didn't call the plays a little bit. Bobby Petrino was calling those plays. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, and you guys mentioned something about defense. I mean, I can get a couple guys off the street and complete those passes. Uh, until we get up to the line of scrimmage and be physical with people, this is what we're going to get. I mean, come on, guys. That, that defense was terrible tonight. Then, uh, let me be clear. Let me... Let me be clear on that. What I'm saying was that I'm not trying to say the defense played well tonight. What I was trying to say is I saw flashes of things that tell you this defense could be good down the road, but it has to start with the defensive line getting a pass rush, and those guys are going to get bigger and stronger. I think there's some talent there. Well, I mean, let's, let's go back when Vic Koenig was here. Vic Koenig had some good players, and he, he brought blitzes from everywhere. He caught uh, opposing quarterbacks off guard. Uh, and next year we hired Banks and with the same players, and and they're and they went the other way. I mean, it's just terrible. So schemes has a lot to do with this, both offensively and defensively. And here, at, at the end of the first quarter, when we're getting ready to kick a field goal, I'm thinking, let the clock run out, go the other end, kick the field goal. Now you're kicking with the wind. If there'd have been another five seconds left, they'd have kicked the field goal. They're they're ready to kick it. Like, look at the clock. Does anybody know what's going on? I mean, just little things like that. And then Kendrick Foster is in the end zone into the wind, and sure enough, it bounces at the 10-yard line. And then he did it again. Where are your coaches saying, get out to the 5 or 10-yard line and catch the darn ball? I mean, just little things like that just tells me that there's not much what these guys know on the sideline. It just... That is frustrating. It's a Ron Zook thing all over again. Uh, I think I think he was a terrible coach, but he did have a couple good assistants. But I don't think these assistant coaches get it. I really don't. And, uh, all right, Pre- we got to keep rolling. Thanks for the call, Al. Okay, thanks, Do appreciate it. I appreciate it. Call again. Three five six nine three nine seven is the PNC Bank phone line. Next up is our good friend Steve from Peoria. Hey, Steve. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks good. for having me on. Now, are you out in the West Coast or are you home? No, no. Uh, came home about a week ago. I wish I was still out in Oregon, but uh, had to come home. So uh, just driving home from the game tonight and uh, just a little disappointed. You know, we had that uh, extra week to prepare for Nebraska. And, uh, you know, I, I really honestly thought we'd beat them tonight. But what, what disappointed me the most was I just didn't see us the improvement from, you know, the, the South Florida game. You know, uh, I know we made some uh, lineup adjustments. Uh, different people, but I, I, I was just disappointed overall with, uh, you know, two weeks to prepare, and I, I just expected more tonight. I, I really was, too. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, they, the coaching staff talked about we, we worked a lot on fundamentals. Lovey likes to say we're trying to get better in everything, and and I didn't see the step up. I mean, maybe maybe a slight upgrade from Chase Crouch from compared to last game because he was actually, I think, worse. But, I mean, we're talking about shades of bad here tonight <laughs> with all due respect to a really great person in Chase Crouch. 
Um, but I agree with you. I was disappointed. I thought they could be competitive at least, if not maybe sneak a win. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I talked last uh, time we, uh, I was on about Chase not being much of a thrower but a runner. So, you know, uh, McGee ran him a lot tonight, probably too much. Mm-hmm. But, but our, our, our receivers, we've we got to get the ball to them. And I wish we would have seen Jeff George play a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe he'll, he'll play more against Iowa. So hopefully, uh, like I say, get it going. We've got to show better you know, on, on the field. I don't know how many more opportunities we have to win games this year, and I know it's not about that. Supposedly everybody says this year because we're so young, but, but we need to show improvement week to week. I Thanks agree. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, we agree. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. He's from Peoria! Next up, Ron. Ron is in Champaign. Hi, Ron. Hey, guys. How you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. Wish we were talking about good, a win. Good, good, good. Well, you know, until we get uh, some big bruising linemen on offense and defense, doesn't matter who the quarterback, who the running back, because the object of the game is to run the football and to stop the run. And we didn't either tonight. So until we get some big linemen who can really – and these guys, maybe they'll do that when they grow up and spread out, like you said, they'll get – bigger and stronger but that's where the game is won and that, that's where we're really lacking in in the offensive and defensive line you know having uh guys that can really move people out of the hole you know fact i agree on all all counts um like i said i think i saw some things tonight from the defense that showed me that they could be really good but they were owned in the trenches and uh, left a lot of holes in the secondary and I don't know how to explain it. It, it just, it what it wasn't there, and it just looked like the effort. I, I'm sitting eight stories up when I'm watching the game, but it just looked like something was missing effort wise. Appreciate the call, Ron. Okay, Ron hit the nail on the head about that's the type of recruits that Illinois and really any team for that matter needs to get. I mean, Brian brought it up during the game tonight. 300 pounds used to be a rarity. Now your linemen have to be 300 pounds. Otherwise, you're you're not able to keep up with the Joneses. So I agree. Lovey Smith needs to, to bulk up on the, the big beefy guys, as Martin O'Donnell would say. <laughs> the, big, the, the big beefy guys. The big beef. The big, the big beef. beef. Where's the beef? <laughs> well, it was right there. <laughs> Hi, this is Dennis Rican, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our offensive moment of the game. I go back to something that Brian brought up, brought up earlier. He kind of stole my thunder. I, th- I thought it was the fumble in the third quarter. I, I mean, Illinois was was down at that point. Uh, they were down 21-6, to six, but you just kicked a field goal and you get the ball in Nebraska territory after a fumble. Uh, thinking, And they take over on the 32-yard line. You're thinking, hey, if they turn this into a score here, all of a sudden we're looking at a 21-13 ball game. Mm-hmm. And now it's potentially a one-score game. Maybe some magic happens, and, and maybe maybe Tanner Lee is going to throw an interception, and all of a sudden we can talk about going into the fourth quarter with a, with a ball game. Instead, you end up 14 yards behind where you started, have to punt the ball, and the result is a long touchdown drive for Nebraska that carried over into the fourth quarter, and that, that put it to bed. I got to give it to Tanner Lee. I said it off the top. I didn't expect him to go to the air as much as he did tonight, but he did go to the air and he had great results with a couple of guys close to 100 yards and three different guys catching a touchdown pass. Lee goes 17 for 24, 246 and three touchdowns. He had a long of 45. 
coming into tonight, we alluded to this, but I don't know if we gave the exact number. He had nine interceptions. Mm -hmm. And just reading up on some reports on Nebraska football, which, by the way, you could make that a career if you want to read up on Nebraska football coverage because there's a gazillion publications out there. But that's, I digress. One of the publications, we talked to them, uh, uh, Sean Callahan from Husker Online during the week, and... Uh, saw him tonight. They brought four guys with yeah. them for, from that publication alone. Um, just to give you, uh, you know, I think the Gazette, you know, I think we might travel two guys from uh, from the News Gazette right? at most. And I think it's usually just one. I mean, uh, and we talked to the Nebraska, the radio crew. They're, they have 12-plus hours of programming devoted to one football game on their network, on – on the equivalent of fighting Illini Sports Network for the for the Huskers, I mean, th- there is a massive amount of media surrounding. Uh, but it's the game; it's the only thing in town sure. for folks in Lincoln. Anyway, we digress. Anyway, I digress. In reading all of those reports this week, this is what I'm getting to. It was kind of a mix of Tanner Lee was making some poor decisions, and also his offensive line was underperforming. So you thought maybe he might be a little vulnerable, but again, he was stellar tonight, and so I'll give him my uh, defining, we'll call it a defining person of the game offensively. (laughs) All right, another look at our scoreboard tonight. We go to the prep side because it is another Friday night game. It's pretty light on the college football side of things. Well, the big one tonight, you could argue that this was the main event, really. Unity gets the victory over Monticello, 32-13. A battle of unbeatens in the Illini Prairie goes the way of the Unity Rockets. Congratulations to Scott Hamilton and his squad. Scott Hamilton good to Scott Hamilton. Absolutely. Other high school scores tonight, Effingham beats Muhammad Seymour, 41-6. Danville clobbers Centennial, 51-7. Tuscola beats Warrensburg-Latham. 34-18. Fisher beats Hayworth in the Heart of Illinois Conference, 49 to nothing. GCMS, they always have a talented team. They blank Tremont tonight, 49-0. IVC Chillicothe up in the Peoria area beats Rantoul, 33-28. Prairie Central over St. Joseph Ogden, 32-22. Central Catholic out of Bloomington beats St. Thomas Moore, 55-7. Out of the Little Okaw Valley, Arcola beats Decatur Lutheran 20-14. Argena Oriana over Saragordo Bement 54-14. Villa Grove Heritage with the shutout over Palestine 48-0. PBL shuts out Iroquois West 57-0. Westville beats Oakwood 56-13 in a Vermilion Valley matchup. Bismarck Henning, Rossville Alvin beats Salt Fork 35-21. Blue Ridge over Metro East Lutheran 22-0. And the matchup tomorrow in the Big 12 is Champaign Central visiting Urbana, who got an interesting uh, surprise today. Nebraska football team came through uh, to the Urbana High School campus for their walkthrough. Urbana has a turf field like Memorial Stadium, and Saw some pictures of that and had some comments from the athletic director at news-gazette.com. And the high school team got to watch the pros go through their walkthrough. So a pretty cool thing today. <laughs> the pros. I like how you slip that in there. Semi-pro. <laughs> Not the week to, to, you know, accidentally have a slip of the tongue <laughs> That's on that. That's good. Yeah, good point. <laughs> 
we have keys to the game to get to. We have a whole slew of texts that I have uh, neglected here that I want to get. You guys have raised some good points on that. And one question I saw, I'm, I'm surprised because I saw a lot on social media. Why isn't Jeff George being put in? Is Jeff George the answer? for Illinois' woes here, or or is it something else? We'll get all get to that all, and Alan as well is waiting on the phones. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-9397. Well, we do have to get it going for next week, but what they did tonight is played their brand of ball, you know, didn't really let us get anything going running game-wise and passing game-wise. We're just not set up to, uh, you know, we're not a passing team. We'll get in passing situations is hard for us. I mean, kind of simple as that. And that's protection, accuracy, throwing the football, and, of course, catching it. I mean, Lovey Smith, for him, sometimes they'll just say we didn't play well, but for him to just say we're not a passing team, I mean, yeah. And that's as pretty as candid as I've heard Lovey be after mm-hmm. a loss. Welcome back in, everybody. Fasters, etc. Post game show 309 texture says another embarrassing loss. NIU pounds Nebraska. Will Illinois win another game this season? Rutgers gave Nebraska a game last week. I don't think NIU pounded Nebraska. Uh, no, they did not. But I thought that based on the fact that Rutgers was competitive with Nebraska at Nebraska's home stadium, that's why I thought Illinois was going to be competitive tonight. Well, and Nebraska had a shortened week. They had to travel yesterday. So their last day of practice was Wednesday. And they had obviously all the turmoil about the firing for, uh, you know, of their AD. And then it's okay. Is Mike Riley a dead man walking? Are the players going to rally around the coach? Do they care? So you had all of that swirling. And uh, they still came out and played well. Alan has been patiently waiting on the phone lines, 3569397. Hey, Alan, what's your thoughts? Uh, good evening. I just thought I'd add a couple points to your original question of is it the fault of the quarterback or play calling? Um, one of the things that I never know about, it's rarely brought up, is how often can Crouch actually call the, change the play at the line? And if so, how often does he do it? And then since I'm at the game, I don't have the chance to go back and look to see how the defense is set up because oftentimes if you take a close look at that, you can sometimes tell what kind of play should have been called. But then on the other hand, Crouch had those two passes to the corners of the end zone in the second half, and he threw them both of them late, which means he had enough time, but he couldn't put them there. So obviously there's blame to go both ways, but if I had to vote, I would vote that it's the play calling. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, Some of that is those option reads, though, and I wonder, is he just too late on things, uh, or is he just misreading how the defense is aligned? That's during the play, right? Yeah, I mean, the ball is snapped. Beginning of the play. Yeah, the beginning of the play, and usually the quarterback is reading the defensive ends and making a snap decision, no pun intended, about whether to hand it off or do a play action and do a, or do a keeper or throw the ball. So there's a but in, in previous years, there have been times when our quarterbacks were really never allowed to change the play as they're coming to the line. So you can't, I don't like to put as much uh, the onus on them if they're not allowed to try to change what looks like it's going to be a bad play. Yeah, but the, the plays here, though, are designed for the quarterback to make decisions as soon as the ball is snapped. So... Um, yeah, it, it might be a. It's probably a combination of both. Is 
probably where we're at. Appreciate the call, Al. Thanks, guys. I would guess Chase Crouch has a little bit of levity to change yeah. the play. He doesn't have f- full power, um, but I, I would guess that just like you said, if he sees a, if he makes a good read, then he can change the play. Now, how often he does it, the other part of Alan's question is I don't think we'll ever know because we don't have the headsets on. We're not hearing what the original play call was. All right. I don't know if we've heard from Cyrus yet this year. Let's welcome in Cyrus from Urbana. How you doing, sir? Hey, guys. I wanted to bring this up and find out what you thought about it. One of the things that Lauren always talks about when he's on the air is the team with the better players usually wins. <laughs> and I know that the first year that Lovey came on board, I always feel like you have to give somebody a pass the first year because they don't have a whole full year to recruit. But this year's class is kind of his first full class, you would say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here's what's interesting. So I'm looking, and I realize every site that rates the recruiting classes is different. And I know that you throw out the recruiting numbers once the kids come on campus, but I guess they wouldn't publish these things if they had absolutely no meaning, right? I suppose not. I mean, it's sort of like your top 25 poll for football teams. I mean, is this team really seven and the other one eight and the other one nine? But you get an idea of who's pretty good. Yeah, so the interesting thing, so if you go to 247 Sports, they've got the, the, the rankings, and Illinois is right now last in the Big Ten if you go through. They're ranked 64th. But for, the, for the this, number that jumped out at me For this is freshman class or, or for next year? 2018. Oh, 2018. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this would be the class that, you know, Lovey's had a year under his belt of actually playing games in his second year. So this would be his third recruiting class, and – I've been very uh, bullish on what I think Lovey will do at Illinois just because of his pedigree and the people he has surrounding him. And what I expected was that these recruiting classes would continue to get better. So what really jumped off the page at me, because you can look at the number of recruits, because that can inflate somebody's uh, ranking because they just have more recruits. So you have to kind of look at the average rating per player. So what's interesting is the only teams – that have an average rating per player lower than Illinois are Rutgers and Purdue. And that just really surprised me. I mean, you look at a team like um, even Indiana, their average ranking is almost 86, and then Ohio State is 95, and we all figured that's going to be there. But what do you guys think about that? I, I was a little surprised that at this point in time I would have expected Lovey. Uh, to be bringing in maybe a few more four-stars and higher-ranked three-stars. Because here's what's interesting. Iowa has only three-star players, and yet they have a higher average ranking because I guess their three-stars are really high three-stars or higher than Illinois. So what do you, I'll hang up. What do you guys think about that, and how does that affect how you look at this team going forward? Okay, thanks, Cyrus. Kind of a lot there to unpack. Yeah, and I just pulled up uh, the Rivals rankings for the 2017 class, the class that is now freshman, and Rivals ranked that 48th in the country. So, uh, again, you know, there's different recruiting services out there, maybe apples to oranges comparison, and like Cyrus pointed out, these guys get on campus, they may be better or worse than the recruiting services say that they are. The recruiting services have to talk because the coaches can't talk about these guys until they sign. I digress. Um, as far as is Illinois recruiting right now under Lovey where they should be, 
I would say yes because Lovey's persona and Lovey's pedigree can only go so far. There's other parts of it. There's the facilities. There's the academic requirements that you have to have to get into Illinois. And more than anything, there is this team's performance and reputation in recent years. I mean, ever since the Rose Bowl and, you know, 07 and the 08 Rose Bowl, this team really hasn't done a whole lot. So you're not really pitching a, you're going to come in and win right now. You're pitching a, you're going to come in and help us build. And for an 18-year-old kid, you know, that is a that is a leap of faith, I think, for some kids because, you're coming in. You're saying, "All right, I'm. We may win a lot. We might not win a lot. I might. We. I might play a lot as an underclassman, but we may not win a lot." As opposed to coming into like a Michigan or Ohio State, where Urban Meyer can say, "Not only are you going to play a lot, but we're going to win a lot too, and we're going to compete for Big Ten championships." Now, the flip side of that is, you know, there is obviously, I think, a little bit of a honeymoon period year or two or maybe even three I don't know different people will say it lasts longer but I agree with Cyrus at some point Lovey has got to start either landing these blue chippers or at least being there at the very end with these blue chippers because if your class is right up against the western Michigans of the world and the mid-majors of the world as far as team rankings in the country you're not going to compete with anyone well Lovey is already opening doors that Tim Beckman never did sure and you know they've got this uh, the the tight end I'm forgetting from uh, I think down Southern Illinois uh, Ford mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think that would be a huge get for the Illini and Avery they just got the D lineman yeah from uh, Texas right? right yeah so there are some there are some I don't know if my list is up to date here that I have printed out yep it's it's uh, it's behind a little bit now so there are some. It's already going up. It's probably not as fast as you want to be. But again, you have to sell. The thing you're selling, just like you said, is play now and help us build versus win right now. And that's what Michigan and Ohio State sell and Penn State. That's what they're selling. Be a part of an elite program versus help us get there. I don't know if we answered your question, Cyrus, but uh, there's smarter people on all that stuff, too, anyway. I mean, at least when I'm talking about myself, no Speak for your own self there, Tim. No no offense taken. <laughs> Eric and Champagne text, why would Jeff George Jr. not start at quarterback from now on? Crouch isn't a Big Ten QB and never will be. That's the end of the uh, exper- uh, experience, but I think you meant e- experiment. Another text, 217 text, says, why is Reggie Corbin allowed to play? Um, an 801 text, Adam in Champagne says, Champagne, you cannot win. You cannot expect to win ball games when you get inside the 10-yard line and only get three points. Also, totally agree with your first caller. Well, that was a long time ago. I don't remember what our first caller said now at this point, but first caller, which I believe is David in Tolono, mm-hmm. uh, Adam agrees with you. David so always keeps it real. Time for our keys to the game tonight, brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested, and it's also brought to you by the Pella Windows Store. I'll start with this. We thought, we said to ourselves, if Illinois can stop the run game from Nebraska, they have a chance to win this ballgame. They didn't. And that was one of the huge factors in this ballgame. Obviously, an aptitude of the offense, but Illinois not stopping the Nebraska run, which was not full of lo- huge, explosive runs. It was right. just a lot of big chunks of yards for 
seven, eight, nine yards. And, and keeping that clock rolling. And moving the chain. Yeah, the first half went really fast. It was like an hour, less than an hour for the first half, which is the total opposite of what happened last or two weeks ago down in South Florida. So those are one of my keys. I'll go back to what I said off the top. I was looking for Mike Dudek and Malik Turner to have huge games tonight, or at least I was hoping for them to have huge games because I think that was the key to victory for Illinois, at least on the offensive side of the ball, giving that the Nebraska secondary was the weak spot of, uh, of that black shirt defense. And I don't remember what caller it was. It might have been Dave right off the top who said, you know, Mike Dudex just gets two touches. That's that's unconscionable. And I would agree with him. Two catches for 37 yards. And then Malik Turner, three catches for 25 yards. I mean, the receivers are the best players on this team as far as offensive skill players. And I think you got to get them the ball more, especially, uh, like I said, against a team that maybe has a weak secondary. So, um, you know. I guess that's an offensive disappointment of the game for me. <laughs> Our keys to the game brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com and buy Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. Back with more after this. Trying to get more. I formation. Wilbon. Fake hand off to him. Lee rolling right. Jumps it from the tight end. Caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Nebraska. Tyler Hoppus. Six yards, fake left, roll right, caught it, headed upfield. Crawford tried to catch him, did, but it was too late. In the end zone, and Nebraska's lead is 20-3 to with a minute 23 left in the half. This is all Nebraska tonight. Illinois falls 28-6 to to the Huskers in the Illini 0-1 now to start Big Ten play. It's fifth straight year, by the way. The Illini have started the Big Ten season with Nebraska, and they have gone 1-4 in those Ventures, the only win coming two years ago at Memorial Stadium with that game-winning catch by Geronimo Allison in the only year with Bill Cubitt at the helm. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Benny says, I hate to say I told you so, but Jeff George Jr. should have started this game. How can you come off from a bye week and play this flat? Brian in Nebraska, what an abomination. Got owned by a mediocre at best Nebraska squad. Lovey needs to man up and make better decisions. Jeff George Jr. needs to play and stop punting on the other team's 35. Sheesh. <laughs> that was the first series of the of the game for the Illini, and they actually punted when they were at the 46-yard line. Uh, I don't remember. It was fourth, and I think it was fourth and short. Um, I would... I, you, know, you could tell the fans wanted the Illini to go for it in the outset, and I thought that would have been a good time to go for it, but a conservative Lovey, and Lovey's going to Lovey. That is what you get with Lovey Smith, and that's not a defense. That's not uh, that's not all, uh, a compliment. That's just that's what it is. That's how he play, how he does it. You knew that coming into it. I mean, I think early on in the ball game when it was still competitive, I think you would lean toward punting just because. You're still in the game. You don't want to risk giving it up and letting the other team go down. When it was later in the game and you're desperate for points, then obviously that plays more of a factor on whether you'd go for it on fourth down. Now, you know, by the time we got, you know, late third, early fourth, the game was out of hand anyway, but just my two cents. Yeah, and you know what? I'm thinking, I'm looking, refreshing here, and I think what Brian's referring to is actually it was the second quarter of the Illini were down 14-3, to three, and they were on Nebraska's 38 and then they punted. 
so I misspoke. That's the moment where I thought, you know, yeah, yeah f- first drive of the game, you're at midfield, your defense hasn't been out there yet. Hey, you think, okay, we can pin them and let's see what the defense can do. Right. And But at that point in the game, it's not going well already. It's the middle of the second quarter. Why not go for it and see if you can get some some sparks going for your offense? Thanks for the comments there from uh, those folks on the text line. There's more time to get into it here at 3515357 on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. We also have the PNC Bank phone line at 3569397 in the late night edition here of the Fasteners Etc post game show. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our defensive moment of the game. Wow. Uh Hard to pick one moment here when you were kind of dominated defensively <laughs> by the other team uh, overall. Um, but holding the Illini to just a field goal in the first quarter into the second quarter, I thought was uh, a moment that was pretty key for Nebraska. They ended up kind of – here's the Illini's drives for most of the game. Punt, field goal, punt, interception, field goal, punt, punt. And then I just stopped right in and down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, forget it. And this game's over. <laughs> Couple of notes uh, on my end for the Nebraska defense. I hate to give our defining defensive moment of the game to Nebraska, but I'm going to. They were in the backfield all night, five sacks, ten tackles for loss. And going back now over the last three and a half games, Nebraska has only allowed two offensive touchdowns, believe it or not. So, you know, they struggled against NIU. They obviously lost. They struggled against Rutgers. They won that game, and they were more dominant in this game. But that black shirt defense has kind of had its ups and downs this year. But tonight, you know, they were pretty strong. When we come back, one more look at our scoreboard, and we'll get you set for Illinois and Iowa next week, next Saturday, 11 a.m. out there in Iowa City. All right, headed down the finish line here for this day of coverage. The Illini game day started with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show into our game day coverage and then closing it out here with the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Before we bid you adieu, though, one more look at our scoreboard from Body and Soul Sports, Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. As we usually do on the final scoreboard, a look ahead, and we will start with the Big Ten matchups tomorrow. Maryland visits Minnesota. That's an 11 a.m. kick. Northwestern at number 10, Wisconsin, also at 11 a.m. Indiana visits number 4, Penn State, 2.30 kick there. Iowa taking on Michigan State at 3 And number 11, Ohio State, is at Rutgers in the nightcap at 6.30 p.m. On our airways over the next couple of days, Fighting Illini Volleyball is at Rutgers on Sunday. That's an 11 a.m. Central first serve. You can hear it on the a.m. side, News Talk 1400. And then Monday night, we've got the Lovey Smith Show on both of these fine stations, 7 p.m. from Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. Scott? All right, next, uh, the Illini are going back to the Saturday schedule after this. No more Friday night games. And by the way, do I, do I sound like a curmudgeon? Can we just be done with Friday night games? I think there's pros and cons on both sides. Well, can we just bring them back? When, That's the most noncommittal statement in the world. Can we bring them back when Illinois is you know, winning on Friday nights? I mean, it's just, just two Friday night games in a row on national television, and you get skunked. You're right. And crowd's not great. It could be, could have been better, I thought, but I understand that there's a lot of uh, split loyalties on a Friday night. Let's just go back to Saturdays and be done with it. Even though I'm 
happy I get a free Saturday tomorrow to spend with the fam. I think a lot of folks in the media are, but what, what do we know? We're just fake news, right? <laughs> All right. Briefly, Tim, a look at Iowa next week, the, the Illini opponent on the, at 11 a.m. Yes, the Names to Know edition uh, scout on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Of course, Kirk Ferentz, their coach, the dean of college football coach, has been there since 1999. Nate Stanley is their quarterback. Leads the Big Ten in touchdown passes this year with 12. Akram Wadley has battled an injury this year. He's their talented running back. He came back against Penn State last week, had 80 yards on 19 carries. Josie Jewell on defense leads the Big Ten in tackles. Keep an eye on him as well. All right, that'll do it for this day of coverage. A lot of folks to thank through it. We Our game day producer is Evan Kahn. Uh, post-game producer tonight has been Blake Landa. We appreciate all their work behind the scenes. The whole thing is set up and run by Ed Pond, our chief engineer. General manager is Mike Hale. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Tim Dittman. Thanks so much to all of you for listening. We'll be back at it again next Saturday morning. It'll be a 9.30 start with our game day coverage following Saturday Sports Talk. More with that tomorrow morning with Lauren and Michael on Saturday Sports Talk. They've got a full slate of guests, so wake up early with them or mid-morning, however it is for you, at 9 o'clock. Thanks much, everybody. Have a good night. News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, WHMS Champaign-Urbana. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations.